0: Good morning, church. All right. How many of you got stuck at the light at McDonald's? Okay, so we know that be gracious to those that are going to start walking in uh, because we're pretty confident, although you got through the light, they still haven't. So uh, when they get here, kind of. Wave at them and be gracious and all that kind of stuff. We're, we're so glad that you guys are here. And we'll take one Sunday with a little rain, right? Because, I mean, since we've been back, since we've been back in person, you know, this is the first Sunday we've had rain. Uh, I think And we've had some beautiful weather So anyway, we'll work it out And we're glad that you guys are here I know there'll be several more coming in want to remind you guys And then uh, I'll try to catch Kevin And make sure he does it at the end For those uh, that are here uh, At the end of the service That aren't here right now Next Sunday night Next Sunday night at 6.30 We're going to have what we're calling Tailgate worship Out here on the back parking lot and we've got like some semi-wagon swap beds. Uh, for the band and the praise team, and it's all going to be facing this way. So you can pull up in your vehicle. You can just roll the windows down. If you got a pickup truck and you want to bring chairs and get up in the back of the pickup truck, sit around. And if you want to find a, bring a blanket or chairs and find some green space all around, it's from 630 to 730. We're going to be, uh, we want to be done before dark because we know with July the 5th, we know there'll still be some fireworks stuff going on. We also want to be very respectful of our neighbors and volume, but from 6:30 to 7:30, trust me, you will be able to worship anywhere on our property, all right? And so if you want to put a blanket out on the soccer field, you might not be able to see the band, but you'll hear the music, all right? And we just want it to be a huge night of praise and worship. We think it could be one of the the, the first thing that kind of brings the whole church Kind of back in big, big numbers, and uh, so we're inviting some other community friends, and invite anybody you want. We got thirty acres. Let's fill it, all right? And so, here's what we need, though: we need dry weather because electricity and rain don't go well together. Okay, so uh, so that make make that a matter of your prayers this week. Uh, We're so glad you guys are here. Don't forget on the way in, on the way out now, uh, the offering boxes are at the sides, but we want to start our service. We've been doing this every, every week since uh, we've come back together this way by just taking a moment to relax, kind of take a deep breath, get settled in and remember the real reason that we're here. The God so loved the world that he gave his only son so that whoever would choose to believe in him and surrender to him could have eternal life. And and while he was here, that son, Jesus, spent a moment toward the end with his disciples in an upper room doing what we're about to do. He shared with them a loaf of bread and said, As often as you eat this bread, remember my body. And as often as you drink this cup, remember my blood that was given for you. We're living in crazy times right now, aren't we? We're living in crazy times. We we can look at people, and we look at people differently, unfortunately. Sometimes we judge people by the... Uh, Just by the way they dress Sometimes we judge people by where they live A lot of times we make some judgments Because of the tint of a person's skin And and that's got to stop And that's not why Jesus came But the amazing thing that I was thinking about communion this morning The important thing is That we all bleed the same Red and yellow, black and white. Shoot, I found out last week. I even put up some of you responded on Facebook. I found out that a century ago, or not even full century ago, there was a, a group of people in Eastern Kentucky that actually had blue skin, and, and I didn't know. They, and so, the skin really doesn't matter. We all bleed the same. And when we take communion this morning, part of the communion is a cup that represents the blood of our Savior. That covers us all. Red, yellow, black, white covers us all and makes us clean. Makes us clean before the Father. And so this morning as as we partake, I just want to encourage you to thank God. To thank God that in His, in His awesome grace, He provided a way that we could all, that we could all be made one that we could all be brought back to the father. And that's what we remember during this time of communion. Father, I just pray that you'll bless us this morning. God, I pray that you'll bless those that are still trying to get here. Uh, Traffic issues along the way, rain issues. Uh, God, don't let Satan use just minor, minor first world problems to keep us away from worship. And so, God, whether it's here in this room or for those that are worshiping at home right now, God, we're so thankful for that opportunity we have that people can uh, worship from home or even while they're on on vacation, that they can join us. Uh, But as we partake of this bread and this cup, Father, would you help us to be thankful that because of Jesus, we get to spend eternity with you. If we choose to believe and to choose to receive and accept the covering of your blood, it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen.
1: to talk this way. Sing this out together, you shall reign. Who you are as you are we make
2: I thought maybe you had another song. I was like, am I interrupting this whole thing? Oh, that's so good. Hey, let's pray together. Father God, thank you so much for the worship this morning, the time to take communion and be reminded of what you have done for us. You most certainly are our way maker. When we were lost, you found us. We are in need of hope. You brought that hope to us through your son, Jesus. God, we pray this morning that you just speak to us through your word and that you would bless us with more instruction on how we are called to be uh, the light of the world around us, the hope of the world around us, the Jesus to some of the people in our lives and how we may grow uh, to become more like him. Uh, Thank you for your son. Thank you for his love and his life. It's in Christ's name I pray. Amen. Well, good morning. good morning. Morning. We have uh, we've got a great, a great, um, great message today. Not because I'm preaching it, but because um, because it's on one of those topics that uh, no preacher likes to preach about. It's one that we get challenged on quite a bit. Uh, this idea of humility. And defining humility is kind of tricky as it is. I mean, it's just one of those words that people struggle to understand. Is it to have a proper amount of embarrassment of yourself or is it to be like quiet and submissive? Is it, is it to be, uh, shy or introverted? And it's not really any of those things. And so we kind of have to understand what the word is, but I thought I would start out just with a little bit of brainstorming I did while writing this thing of uh, maybe four Bad ideas on how to grow in humility. And so I wanted to kind of share those with you, uh, the four bad ideas, and then we'll try and get into what Jesus did as a very good idea, uh, what he calls us to. Okay, so uh, we'll we'll just start off with uh, bad idea number one. Become friends with someone better than you. Better yet, hang out with a couple that's better than you. Now, this is a great way to get some humility is if you get a friend, like for me, it might be somebody who's athletic and really fit. Maybe I hooked up and became really good friends with Bradley here on staff. He's a runner. He's athletic. He's fit. He 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 brings some humility in my life. But a couple, I don't know if you guys have ever gone out on some double dates with some friends of yours and, and felt that uh, embarrassment that the other guy is a little better than you. Am I, am, I, am I tracking here? I mean, he's like this guy right here. Is he still up? Oh, look at him. I mean, if my wife and I went out with him, I'd be like, seriously? I mean, he's wearing cologne. Probably he's brought her flowers. He's fit. And then I think, what, what did I do? I, I showered yesterday. Um, And I promise not to burp in the restaurant, and those are my qualifications. So, you know, if you want a bad idea for it, but find somebody better than you and hang out with them, now you're kind of wondering, okay, which one was I on that double date we did the other night? Were we the better? No. Uh, So the second idea I had is a bad idea is get a bad haircut. I mean, if you want to be out in public and and get humbled, uh, you know, uh, and just let me say for the record, any resemblance to anyone here today? And these haircut pictures uh, was intentional. And uh, and I believe you're the only one on earth that can rock a mullet. And I'm proud of you. And uh, you make it look good. But if you want to get humbled, get something. And this is kind of a sensitive one during the whole shutdown time, right? Because some of you have tried to cut your own hair. And it didn't work. But, but this is a, I, my personal favorite is the one on the left. Uh, my least favorite. I, I think I cascade down. But um, anyway, if that's you, uh, get a bad hair, haircut. Walk around. Everybody will look at you. you it will humble you. Not a good idea, though. Okay, this next one, number three, is uh try skateboarding. It doesn't matter what age you are doesn 't matter if you 're going to break a wrist or a hip doesn 't matter. Uh, try skateboarding. Nothing will humble you like picking up a new sport right I mean if you get out there and you 're on a board and, and, and I know what you 're thinking that is not me skateboarding um, and i don 't wear sweatbands either, but uh, or try running either one of those activities in public will bring some humility to your life. Um, and so I, I just encourage you, those are two things that uh, you could try. And this last one, if you need humility, have a teenager. Have a teenager because no one can humble you so effectively as your own kid. They can tell you that you dress bad, that you are embarrassing them, and that you are lame. It's true. Every teenager has those three qualifications in their lives, and they can bring humility to the relationship between parent and child. So those are some bad ideas for humility. I hope that they uh, might—maybe they make it to your list of things you can do. But today we're going to look at a passage in Luke— chapter 14, and we are going to be looking at the idea of humility from what Jesus tells us to do. And like I said before, humility is not shyness. It's not a hatred of yourself. It's not a constant state of embarrassment. That is not the definition of humility. In fact, if I was going to define it, and I think it's very broad in scope, but if I was going to try and narrow it down, I would say that humility is putting others above yourself. And if you want a perfect example of humility, if you walked out of here today and said, I want to try and be more humble, then look no further than Jesus. He was the perfect model of humility. And we're going to learn that today. In fact, the instructions that we get from God on this idea of humility is to be wise and humble yourself. I think it's very important you, you understand the first instruction before you get the second instruction. Be wise. Have an understanding of the dynamics around you, whether it be in your home or your work or your church or anywhere else. Anywhere that you walk on this earth, be wise. Have a wisdom from above that understands relationships and emotional intelligence and uh, understanding of the complexity of being a humble person in, in an environment like your work or school or anywhere else you might be, be wise, understand, have an understanding from God, and then humble yourself. Put others before you. And this is a this is a tall task. And we're gonna we're gonna put, dig into some scripture and see why. Uh, because Jesus uh, is simply put the most humble being that ever walked the face of the earth. He didn't just teach humility. He was the perfect model of humility. Other uh, interactions with each other should resemble our interactions. I'm sorry. Our interactions with each other in our place of work, in our family, in our home, in our neighborhood should resemble the downward path of humility that Jesus took. And we're going to look at that again this morning. So let's dig into scripture. Let's do that. Luke chapter 14. And let me set the stage a little bit here for that. Luke is, uh, Luke is writing about this situation where Jesus is dining with a bunch of Pharisees. And in this dining situation, he's kind of at a place of honor, and he has standing in front of him a person with a disease. They call it an, like an inflammation disease. And so, in the then, this is prior to the scripture we're going to study today. But that gentleman that's sitting in front of him—it's on the Sabbath. It's post. Their, it's like a Sunday afternoon for us, right? It's after their synagogue. Todd, they go back, they have a meal together, and there's a guy there with a very painful disease, and they're testing Jesus. He's front and center of Jesus, and Jesus asked him this question. He actually asked it twice. Is it is it right to heal somebody? On the Sabbath, is it right to, to, and, and he's asked him, is it right if, if your goat or animal fell in a pit on the Sabbath, is it right to pull them out? But he doesn't just say the animal, he says, or your child. And he's kind of trying to prompt them to say, yes, of course it's right because love triumphs that rule. You know, yeah, we should help one another even on the Sabbath. And it's, it's very frustrating for him because they, remind, they remain completely silent. They don't say anything. And pride is front and center. I mean, he, 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 and he is about to drop a lesson on them. Verse 7 of Luke chapter 14. And he says this. When he noticed how the guests picked the places of honor at the table, he told them this parable. When someone invites you to a wedding feast, do not take the place of honor, for a person more distinguished than you may have been invited. If so, the host who invited both of you will come and say to you, give this person your seat. Then humiliated, you will have to take the, seat, the, take the least important place. Verse 10. But when you are invited... Take the lowest place so that when your host comes, he will say to you, friend, move up to a better place. Then you will be honored in the presence of all the other guests. Now, what a fantastic little story about humbling yourself and taking. And it's so good. But he's about to, in this verse 11. He's going to drop this verse on us that is just so powerful and, and so important for us to understand our lesson today. It says for all those, verse 11, for all those who exalt exalt themselves will be humbled and those who humble themselves will be exalted. Let me read that again. For all those who exalt themselves will be humbled. All those that lift themselves up will be brought down. All those that... Think much of themselves will soon be less of themselves. They will be humbled. And, and and all those who humble themselves will be exalted. And so God is saying, Jesus is teaching here, uh, be wise, humble yourself. In all circumstances, not just at a party, but in all circumstances, with your spouse, with your children, be wise. Understand what's going on. Humble yourself, and there's this great little thing here. It's called um, the great parabola of Scripture. Now, parabola is a mathematical term, and I know that for some of you that are math nerds, I saw Jim right back there. I mean, he's probably going, "Yes, I love it, math math terms." Uh, and then there's others of you that are like, "Wake me up when he's finished, honey." Uh, so, but this parabola is a curve on a plane. And it, it has an uh, infinite like distance. Is it a picture up there? Yeah. It goes on for infinity up and down. Now, that parabola, it's actually something theologians discovered in Scripture. So this mathematical curve also represents what Jesus is teaching right here. Because he said, humble yourself and you'll be exalted. Exalt yourself if you reverse that curve and you'll be humbled. And we actually find this in scripture in fact it 's true not just of Jesus humbling himself but it 's true of Satan or the King of Babylon exalting himself in verse in Isaiah chapter fourteen and if you have a Bible, you can turn there now we 're going to look at verses twelve through fourteen. Now, when I was studying this, I had read notes that the great uh, the great parabola of scripture was Satan and Jesus and they were using this verse and I was a little bit confused because this verse is actually about the king of Babylon but a lot of times what Isaiah did is he had more references than one he was drawing a picture of anyone who exalts themselves so it was actually kind of reminiscent of what happened to satan it's kind of represent representative of what happened to the king of babylon and to many other kings and it actually could be a representation of our lives and look what it writes in in isaiah 14 verses 12 through 14 how you have fallen from heaven, O morning star, son of the dawn. You have been cast down to the earth, you who once laid low the nations. You said in your heart, listen to this part, I will ascend to heaven. I will raise my throne above the stars of God. I will sit enthroned on the mount of assembly on the utmost heights of the sacred mountain. I will ascend above the tops of the clouds. I will make myself like the most high. Now, this was true of Satan. He said, I'm going to be greater than God, and he got cast out of heaven, and uh, the scripture says in the New Testament, as if a lightning bolt struck the earth. I mean, he got his tail end whooped, right? He got thrown down to heaven. He was saying, I will exalt myself over God, and he got humbled. True? His parabola is a curve like this. And we see that also in the king of Babylon, along with many other kings in the Old Testament. He would use some of these kings, like the Babylonian kings, to teach and discipline the Israelites. But in this situation, it's kind of turned around because the king usually, especially in the empire of Babylon, they saw their kings as gods. And so this was also the aspirations of a king in Babylon to be more powerful than God. And he also laid low the nations. In other words, he defeated and created an empire around him. And so the, the truth of this parabola of exalting yourself and then being humbled can be uh, traced back to the what happened to Satan. It can be traced back uh, what happened to the king of Babylon. And it can be traced back to you and to me. Have you ever had yourself in a prideful position where you thought you were right and and you were going to prove yourself and you were better than something else and then you get humbled, you get laid off, you get something comes around to humble you? I mean, the lesson from this is when you seek to be exalted, when pride leads you to believe that you're better than others, better than God, better than his word, you will be humble that's the parabola of scripture that's the truth of it and Jesus is taught this in Luke chapter 14 verse 11 and this is this is unpleasant right well let's look at the parabola of Jesus's life right in in, in Philippians chapter 2 if you have your Bibles go to Philippians chapter 2 and he's just playing out exactly what he says here in Luke 14 verses 5 through 11. It says in your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus. Now, this is Paul writing to the church in Philippi. He says, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus. That's important for us to understand before we walk out of the this, You have a decision to make. Are you going to follow what the scriptures say about your life and submit to it? Or are you going to have pride, the opposite of humility... And exalt yourself above God's word and say, mm, I know a better way. That's an important question. You, you, you should answer for yourself. Are you going to be wise and be humble yourself and say, I'm going to submit to what the scripture teaches? Or are you going to be prideful and say, I'm going to do what my flesh wants and what the world says. And I'm going to exalt myself over what the word of God says. So this, is, this writing about Jesus. In your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus. Listen to this. Who being in the very nature God did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, and being found in appearance as a man. He humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. Therefore, God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every other name. Did you see what happened there? He was in heaven, fully exalted, right? He was the son of God. He was there during creation. He was creation that is happening through him. And God sends him to earth, which is a humbling thing. He became a little baby in a manger. He became chased down by kings. He became persecuted. He became uh Dirty feet walking through poor town of Nazarene. I mean, he's, he's humbled himself, right? Even to, it says, the point of dying on a cross. There is nothing more humiliating than being stripped naked and pinned to a cross and being spit on and cursed by the very people you are teaching. And he was humbled. And because he was humbled and he died for our sins, an innocent man. God exalted him in the parabola. The curve goes back up and it goes up to the highest points and he places them in authority of all things. That's the parabola of Jesus. It says, therefore, God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow. There's not going to be anybody at the time when Jesus returns that is going to stand up and say, I don't think so. I'm not going to bow to you. That's not what the scripture says. It'll be in that moment. Their knees will break down and they will bow. Every knee will bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth. Everybody is going to bow. And every tongue acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. He humbled himself. And because he humbled himself, he was exalted. So this leads us to some questions. Will we have the mindset of Satan and the king of Babylon and many others who reacted and led their lives out of the flesh and pride and try to make ourselves great and put ourselves above others or will we have the mindset of Jesus? In chapter 14, verse 11, that verse doesn't become any more clear than when we look at these parabolas. For everyone who exalts themselves will be humbled, and those who humble themselves will be exalted. Be wise, humble yourself. Such a simple statement, but such a difficult thing to do. At the core of Jesus' words is the concept of humility, having a modest view of oneself. Our natural tendency is to show people that we are important. So they will give us recognition, so they will like us, so they will see our achievements, our pride, so that we can show what we've done, our status in society. But Jesus says we could, we should seek a lower status and uh, let others recognize us by our humility, even if we don't get credit. It's better than, than being shamed later because we exalted ourselves. So I wanted to, knowing what scripture says... And that we should have the mindset of Christ and humble ourselves and be wise and humble ourselves. I wanted to kind of look at three areas real quick uh, that we can talk about humility. And this might or might not sting for you. I don't know. It does for me. It's real. It's true. But the first one is that we can humble ourselves with our family. I think that's a very important one to start off with. Humble yourself with your family. Now, whether you're single or you have, uh, everybody's got some parents or some relatives that we have contact with for the most part. There might be a few that don't, but, but we have family. Uh, most people have family in this room. Uh, what is your position like with them? And as a dad of three children, this idea of humility is, is very difficult because I, I do have a teenager and I do struggle with that. And he's a great kid. Fantastic kid, but that doesn't mean he's perfect. And I have two other children that are growing up through those ages where uh, there are times where I might lose my temper and I might get upset and I might get angry. And there might even be some times if I get some feedback from them that's disrespectful, I might get prideful and demand that respect. In fact, a situation arose just a few weeks ago. And Mama Bear came to protect her little child. And then we got into a big fight. A big fight. fight where we were breaking some of the rules and went to bed angry because the fight happened late. And I remember I was in the, I had gotten home from work and I was in the driveway of my house it's just a few weeks ago and during the fight my uh, guys I don't know if you're like this but when you're kind of fighting and your pride kind of wells up and you're like I ain't going to take this anymore and you kind of get gruff and you know and and uh I was battling that and I just I said to her I said you need to leave cuz I'm getting really frustrated and you you need to leave um you know and the pride my 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 pride went up. I could just feel it. And as I went throughout my day at work, I was praying, God, help me with this to, you know, fix what's going on in our home. And this is before I even had a thought about this sermon. And the, the words that came to my heart and mind were, humble yourself. And I'm like, I can't be right. <laughs> There's got to be a different set of words like, you're right. She's wrong. Um, That's the ones I was looking for God to say, but it was humble yourself. And I'm sitting in my car and I'm praying before I walk in the house and I'm praying, God, what do I do? What do I do? And that's where I'm seeking my wisdom. See, just telling you to be wise is one thing, but telling you go to God in prayer and be wise in your relationships with your family when you're dealing with stressful, intense situations. It doesn't mean you're going to escape those situations. It's going to determine how you handle them. And so I was praying in the car and it was like, be humble, be humble. And I wanted to go in there and assert my authority. I wanted to go in there and show them I was right and they were wrong. uh, And I might have been. But what God was letting me know was to be humble. And so I went in there and we talked and I humbled myself and I apologized for my temper and I... I had to restore some things. And really we had an honest discussion about some of the issues that led to that. And it was better because of humility. How many times has have I allowed pride to put a roadblock in what ultimately I want for my family? How many times have I let pride because they insulted me with some of their actions or whatever? How many times have I let pride... Cause a chasm in our relationships with my children and my wife that I need to let go of. Humble yourself. No, it's not easy. It's not what I wanted. It's not what my flesh desired. Humble yourself. Be wise. Go to God and then humble yourself with your family. Humble yourself with your job. And I thought this was, uh, I think this is a really interesting kind of statement. I mean, it's a, when, I, when I first came here, I was hired to be the children's minister and the activities director. And as the activities director, we had like dance and soccer and all this stuff going on in the gym. And I'm thinking, uh, coming from a background of some other churches that are large, I, I thought, well, they probably have somebody, you know, mopping and cleaning all this all the time. And uh, at that time, they said, no, you have to mop the dance floor every. Tuesday. And I go, what? Got to mop the dance floor. So I'm, I'm mopping and the gym. Uh, spot mop the gym, mop the dance floor. Because on Wednesday night, they let little rugrats, I mean kids, they let kids in there and they spill things and get stinky things on the gym floor. So I had to mop that for the sports that we play on Tuesday night the very next week. So I'm in there mopping. And I can remember when I when I prayed and asked God to open up this opportunity uh, I said, God, I'll do whatever you need me to do. I, I want to be, uh, I want to be at this church so bad. I'll do whatever you need me to do. And I, I was, and and I said, you know, in my mind, I'm thinking, uh, it's ministry. And so I'm mopping the floor, and I'm sweating profusely. I mean, I'm just like, and I'm just mopping and mopping and mopping. And I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. I got a college degree, you know, and I'm mopping and mopping and sweating. I've, I've been doing this for 20 years. You know, I'm, I'm in my mind, the pride is just welling up. I deserve better than this in my mind, right? And I was humbled in that moment by God. I can't remember the exact words, but I know he was speaking in my heart. Basically, what are you talking about? Who do you think you are? Be quiet. Mop the floors and serve the church. And I remember that in that very moment, my mindset switched and I said, okay. And I mopped the floors and I did it week in, week out for about a year and a half. And if I had to mop them today, I would. Question ask ourselves, if we were called by Jesus to do meager jobs well below our education or current position for an extended time, would we be willing? Do we have the humility to do those things that pridefully our flesh sometimes won't let us do? I mean, we've got people every week, during every hour, between every service, wiping down public restrooms. Volunteers. Isn't that Fantastic we got volunteers doing incredible things every week, and it's just because they want to serve God. They want to follow the parabola of Jesus. They want to humble themselves. And so at some point, they will be exalted, probably not in this lifetime. But when they receive the rewards in heaven, when they receive those just rewards, the humility will pay off. So we humble ourselves with our family. We humble ourselves with, in our job. Another place that we can humble ourselves is with our neighbor. And that's the neighbors right next to you and in your little neighborhoods or apartments or wherever you live. But it's also those neighbors that you might run into in the community of Shelbyville. A couple weeks ago, no, it was last week. I had already started preparing this sermon. This is not a good illustration for me. I was at Speedway getting a drink soda, and I was getting my soda, and I came out, and this car pulls up, and these two older folks were in it, and they said, hey, we're living in our car, we're homeless, and um, we just need some money for gas, and I'm like, okay, Um, and at first, I was just gonna like ignore that and say, I'm sorry, I don't have any money, that would have been a lie, and so I didn't do that. And I'm praying because I'm trying to make that a habit of going to God and getting wisdom for what I should do. And so I went to my car and I got my wallet and I had a two ones and a five. And and I thought, well, I'll just give him the two ones and that'll give him a gallon. Uh, and God kind of lays in my heart. At least I feel that's coming from the Holy Spirit. Give him the seven, give him your money. And so I bring out the seven and I, and I give it to him. And I'm thinking I did good, right? I followed what Jesus was leading me to do. I, yeah. And in that moment... Uh, the guy says, hey, we needed a bag of ice. Would you be willing to get it for us? And I thought, what? I just gave you seven bucks, man. I didn't say that. I was like, oh, I, I got to go. And I did have to go. Uh, but there was more the issue of my pride of, hey, I just gave you money. Go in and get it yourself. And I'm thinking, you can go in and get the ice yourself. First of all, you told me you needed gas. You didn't say anything about ice. But anyway, I'm going to bring that up. But, you know. And I'm thinking this in my head I'm not going to go get your ice for you You go get your ice And I'm, and I'm thinking I did right I gave you something about, I did listen to what, And I get in my car And I'm, I'm getting ready to pull out And I look over there And this lady gets out her His wife And she can barely walk To get the ice Son of a gun And I thought, when am I going to learn? And the the scripture that came to mind immediately in that moment was, if somebody asks for your shirt, give them your cloak as well. If somebody asks you to walk one mile, walk two. When am I going to learn to humble myself to the humanity around me? When am I going to learn to humble myself because God will exalt me later? When am I going to learn to humble myself and serve fellow men, even if I don't like their living arrangements, if I don't like what they look like or what they smell like or what their life is like? When am I going to learn to humble myself, to be wise, and humble myself so that God can be exalted? For everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, and he who humbles himself will be exalted. When it comes to a parabola, which one are you? And that choice to change that can happen like that. We can invert that real quick. Just submit your life to God. And over time, you're going to grow. You're going to make mistakes. The appetite says be sensuous. Enjoy yourself. Education says be resourceful and expand yourself. Materialism says be satisfied, please yourself. Psychology says be confident, fulfill yourself. Pride says be superior, promote yourself. Humanism says be capable, believe in yourself. But God says be wise, humble yourself. Would you pray with me? Father God, would you just give us wisdom from above on how we can humble ourselves with our families and our places of work. That we would work as if we are working for you and not man, as your scripture says. And in our neighbor, the neighbors around us here in Shelbyville that we would humble ourselves and put others first because that's what your son Jesus taught us to do. I pray you give wisdom from above for each of us to know where we're supposed to shift and change so that our curve looks like Jesus's curve, that we would humble ourselves to be exalted later in heaven with you the most high and exalted one. We love you and we thank you for this message and for your scripture that teaches us over and over how we are supposed to live our lives. It's in Christ's name I pray. Amen. I want to invite you, if you have a decision to make, that you would just come up and let us know. We probably will have some staff over there. I think Terry is over there with the decision crew. Uh, So if you have a decision you want to make today, uh, we want to make that available to you to just go there. Um, If you're new... Today in this room, uh, Brett wants to meet you right here in this room at that sign-up table back there in the back lobby. If you haven't met Brett, he just has a gift for you. Uh, it's worth going over there to get the gift. Okay, so new people, go meet Brett real quick, and uh, he'll stay six foot away. And I don't know if he has a mask on or not, but anyway. And then uh, next Sunday night, just a reminder: uh, put in your calendar, six thirty to seven thirty worship outside. So very excited about that. And so you guys have a blessed day and uh, be wise and humble yourself. And we thank you again for being here today. Much love.